Hello, and welcome to The Chambers. I'm your host, Tony Keats, and this is a podcast about municipal issues, issues that we all need to talk about. In this episode, part two, in the chats that I had with municipal leaders from across the province during the 2022 Municipalities Newfoundland and Labrador Conference in Gander last week. In this episode, The Municipal Circle, I sit down with three wonderful municipal leaders from various sized communities from around our province. So relax, get a coffee, and listen to the very interesting conversation we're about to have. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Municipal Circle. We are at the 2022 m Conference in the beautiful town of Gander. First of all, I would like to thank Tobias from Municipalities Newfoundland and Labrador for helping me put this together today. Uh, with me, I have uh, three wonderful guests uh, from various sized communities in our province. Uh, I'll start with George Andrews. George is the mayor of uh, the town of Happy Valley Goose Bay. And George, what's your population down in? We've got about uh, 8,200 uh, in our community. And then we, there's a couple of other communities that uh, North East River and Cheshire probably maybe 2,500 between those two communities. And the unique nature with us is we're a hub. So everything on the coast and some of the south coast ends up to usually our community. Right on. Uh, we have Ian uh, Brenton, yes, right? Uh, he's the mayor of the town of Mainbrook. Uh, Ian, I think you have a population of 228. Roughly, 220, 230. Right on. Uh, and we have Nicole Wiley, uh, <laughs> is the deputy mayor of the city of Mount Pearl and the population of Mount Pearl as well right now. We're a little over 23,000 right now. Right. And I'm from the town of Dover, uh, home of the Dover Fault, this geological break in New York's Cross, and we have 600 and, right, 678 residents. Uh, so uh, in the Municipal Circle, we're going to be talking about different issues that our communities face. Uh, one of the big issues I know I think we have all faced recently was the COVID-19 and what the effects of COVID-19 uh, we had to deal with. Mm. So if anybody want to talk about uh, you know what COVID-19 meant to their community, uh, in ours, uh, we had some, um, a couple employee cutbacks, uh, you know, because they were working from home most of the time. And, but, you know, they're back, we're back at full scale now. Uh, so I don't know if you guys had any, any problems or anything effects from COVID-19 or not. Well, for us, it's, we've got uh, one maintenance person. We've got one office worker, a town clerk. We can't afford a cutback. Mm. Uh, our biggest concern was fear for our residents. Uh, especially those with uh, vul vulnerable immune systems, our, our elderly and some of our youth. Um, there's, uh, there was a lot of fear, especially initially. There was a lot of concern, a lot of fear. But as time went on, it, like in a lot of places, people started getting less concerned with the big bad boogeyman and it got back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, from our perspective in, in Labrador, it was a huge challenge because we were dealing with, uh, you know, as the hub, you're dealing with uh, people coming and going through various, to our, from our airport Absolutely. to various communities along the coast. So, you know, there were situations where folks had, uh, there wasn't travel to certain coastal communities because of that. So those folks, you know, were, were put up. Um, one of the challenges we had was around uh, the, uh, I guess the needles, the, uh, the injection sites, okay. and trying to get that message out. And, we, you know, we, we would share that information with, or we, we would ask the health corporation to share that information with us. There was a lot of mixed messaging. So that was kind of a, a challenge that we had first off, and it was hard to it was hard to deal with that because you're also dealing in the panic situation where all of a sudden everybody wants to get the, the shot. I mean, we came out okay. We, we hit a, had a hit at staff, both at the municipal office and the, uh, and the, uh, the, the garage and the arena and stuff like that. So we had shut down some facilities, mm -hmm. and, you know, with that, you know, you have to take that difficult... Uh, choice of saying, you know, right now we're going to have to lay you off, kind of deal. So, um, yeah, it was it was challenging, and, and then we continued. We were a little later than other places, so wastewater testing was another interesting thing that uh, came into fruition into it. Mm -hmm. But I had folks that you know our, our scientific backgrounds that were saying, listen, you need to pay attention to this. So I would forward that information on, and so you know it, it clearly showed the levels of uh, of COVID in the community, and and now I see with with the new, I see with the, the new strains, uh, wastewater testing seems to be, you know, on the uh, on the important side because it gives you an indication that there is and what level there is. So, sure. but outside of that, we you know we've come through it well and knock on wood, everything is back to normal. We still get an odd, you know, 
half a dozen people that, that have it and stuff, but um, vaccinations are high, mm-hmm. so which is, uh, which is good. So fingers crossed. You know, it's really interesting because we talked about the populations of each of our communities, and very different geographically, very different population-wise, but the matters that you talked about were very similar to oh, us yeah. there around injection sites, how are we going to move yeah. past it, what are we doing with HR. Uh, for us, ultimately, um, with a population and a, a large crew to ensure that infrastructure services, um, we um, we made a plan. And so when we think about COVID, it's, it's not just a matter of a month. This is a thing that's been happening since 2020, right? January 2020 was really the beginning of what you were seeing on an international level. And then how we dealt with that had to evolve as the science evolved. And I think as a municipality, we followed suit in that, and that was important. So direct con- contact with our, with our with what our health chief, of, you know, what what our chief um, medical officers were identifying, uh, ensuring that our staff that were there, um, we ensured that um, we um, continue to have our staffing model uh, adjusted, but um, we were able to keep them on. Um, and kind of adjust their roles and what they would be. We, we worked with the, the work from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worked with continuing to keep communication to any one of our residents wanting to reach out. Oh. Uh, so a lot of us was being nimble and being into figure yeah, for our very first way. Right. How do we operate our city in a completely different way mm-hmm. than what we could? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were also one of the sites for the first outbreak. Uh, no, it was a, a local funeral home. Uh, where um, you know a, a, a very known person had passed, yeah. a lot of community members showed up. It was an emotional time. There was hugs. There was tears, and then there was a the very first time of an outbreak out, and that was post vaccination. Mm-hmm. Um, how we dealt with that with the community was ensuring information was out there. Um, we did a lot of work around uh, supporting our volunteers, supporting ways in which we can keep our communication uh, communications with those that need it because all of a sudden we had people in isolation vulnerable people a lot of seniors live in our community um, a lot of those that um, needed to be checked on needed to be looked at so there's a lot of that too when it comes to the vaccination sites also I try to think about the testing sites mm-hmm. in a matter with calls it was pre-vaccination it then became so important to find out the vet, like what was the impact of this and, and how much we needed to uh, uh, isolate. And that was a huge part of keeping people safe. Uh, and I remember we had our teams and people who were working with public works all of a sudden be helping with traffic, all yes, of a sudden yes, might be yeah, uh, moving into first line provider work <clears throat> to get people through the sites. Um, we had volunteers coming in, giving them meals. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just an incredible, rewarding experience to see the resiliency of your town, your city, um, but also how much that evolved. Um, I think the biggest thing was keeping with the science, keeping mm-hmm. as much possible communication as possible, and the openness to our staff and our teams to move where they needed to move in a time that was a lot of unknowns. That's right. Yeah. Because, you, you know? Yeah, and you get the uh, social media posting, and then you get some people immediately react and say, you know, we got to do, we got to do. But let the science and let the medical health folks dictate yes. what, what it is. And that's kind of what, towards the end, was a, it's really difficult for us, especially living in a small town. Yes. You know, everybody knows where the mayor lives, and everybody, you, know, you go to the co-op, you go to wherever, <laughs> everybody has your beer. That's right. So, uh, yeah, so it was a, it was a challenge. Um, if it was to happen all over again, I think we'd probably be in a better better space well the best thing about that is learning you know and you look over the history of places in your municipality and all of a sudden that something became a a crisis right an epic literally an epidemic Mm -hmm. that how we run our city now because we're talking COVID it's interesting to see Mm post-COVID some of the challenges that both came up out of that but also some of the innovation yeah right one one thing that I, I would like to say is that for us our partnership with the provincial government was very important. Mm-hmm. I mean, without the support of the provincial government, it would have been a lot worse for us, especially as a smaller community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they supplied materials, gloves, wipes, cleaning supplies, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, masks, of course. Schools, I mean, sending their kids to school with, and they have to wear a mask day in and day out. Now, what kid wants to wear a mask day in and day out? But yet, it's so important. Out of, we have 20 kids in our school. Mm-hmm. 
and two of those kids have severely compromised immune systems. Mm -hmm. One of them is my daughter. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a, you wear your mask. Yeah. You wear your mask. Yeah. Right? It was interesting, I think, we're, we're three, you know, we're four politicians sitting around a table. It was the least political matter in a lot of ways. It was. And I like, you know, I I think that's a learning I came yeah. from that, yeah. is when it comes to something like that, yeah. that is, that's secondary. And, and it was, uh, you know, from our case where we had some issues and communications and that kind of stuff, once calls were made to whoever, it was kind of rectified very, very quickly. So uh, from, from our perspective, like I say, are there some things that we do again? Yeah. And we, we have a process that we're going to undertake sure. to do a hot wash of that yeah. whole situation. So, yeah. because I mean, that could happen again tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What's the next pandemic that's coming? Well, yeah. that's the thing, right? Uh, to get out of the COVID situation, uh, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about budgets, and that's no easier oh, for gosh. sure. Uh, you know, uh, in municipalities, you know, third level of government. Uh, I always said we are the first level of government because we are there where the people are. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're the, the easiest to to talk to. We're the fastest to reach. Uh, but budget time is here for our municipalities. We have to have a balanced budget. Uh, you know, um, so how do everybody feel like, you know, when you're in budget discussions now, how do you handle budget discussions in your community? Or what do you think about when you sit down and do all your budgets? Learning what I've learned. Now, I'm, I'm new to the mayor position. This is my first year at it. About a year now. Uh, learning what I've been learning and, and seeing what the costs are and how much costs have increased mm -hmm. over the last yep. year. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. Like a stick of pipe that used to be a hundred dollars is now a lot more than a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be two, two fifty. Yeah. And this is what I'm talking about with post COVID. Now, like now it's not a matter of health. We're looking at the economy. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the biggest challenges right now. You're looking at fund federal funding uh, items that you're trying to balance in there and yet once you put in a it, it, how many times have you looked at something and there has been a cost adjustment? Yeah. How many times in which, yeah, when we put it in about a, a year ago, the material's not here yet, mm -hmm. it's increased about 30%. Yeah. And now that doesn't relate to the budget in which it was initially identified. Yeah. Your, own, a, your funding hasn't increased at 30% no. to cover that. That's right. Exactly. And yeah. So nimbleness is right now, I think, our biggest challenge. And mm -hmm. I think, or I think that's the opportunity there. Yeah. Is I think um, working with government and working with um, ultimately our free streams of funding of recognizing when we are looking at, we are, you know, our teams around the table are doing exceptional work around the research, uh, right down to nuts and bolts, literally the nuts and bolts of what's going to cost. But how do you predict that and how do you work with those sort of items at a time in which timing to get these things, material costs, yeah. cost of living, the cost of uh, moving that exactly. in from one player is, yeah. I, it's, it's I, I know when we huge. looked at, at our previous budgets and and we go to buy material, even even if it's just, you know, even if it's just a small items, mm -hmm. yes. you know, we're looking at increases and then we look at our budget and we said, well, we only budgeted this much for this amount of material. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work, right? When, when you're over budget, halfway through the year and you're trying to figure out how to do you cut do you do you do you do stuff differently how do we do it uh, and I think that's what we're sitting down now and realizing like you know we got to make sure that our budgets are reasonable with today's economy and, and that's the only way we can really do it absolutely right? yeah. the, the challenge for like for us for instance where we have major infrastructure deficits in terms of you know pipes in the ground been there for yeah. 40 50 60 years so you know you budget let's say 25k for a project and all of a sudden when you that's the the uh, estimate you got mm -hmm. when you actually go to do it you know gas has gone up to deliver it to us from from the Montreal in that area yeah and all of a sudden the cost has gone up so all of a sudden that $20,000 project becomes a 30,000 so at the end of the day you only have a certain pot mm -hmm. but the challenge is if we just continue to do what we do things aren't going to get any better in terms mm. of development and that's right. stuff like that so I think we've got to create Different opportunities, and that public-private partnership is, mm -hmm. is uh, you know, is there. Um, you know, the days of doing stuff. Because yeah. I tell folks, like, people say, "Can we get this?" Yep, no problem. We can get it all. We can mm -hmm. do everybody. When we sit down at budget time, and your taxes go up astronomically, sure. then we got to see what you know what it is you want to do. So yeah. we, we kind of look at it from a core perspective, but you also got to think about from an economic development perspective to keep things somewhat forward moving, right? Yes. So it, and it's a huge challenge. So our process is usually about. 15 sessions uh, with uh, 
topics related to, you know, maybe one or two topics in terms of that. So we, we go, last year I think it was like 13 and 14 to, to pass it. So, um, you know, you can only charge so much tax. People can only afford, now this is even more challenging. Mm -hmm. So the more creative we become, like you said, mm -hmm. and, you know, using options like canoe or, you know, doing pool buying. So, you know, communities that are close to That's us right. on the coast or even yeah. Northern Peninsula, uh, you know, we can get together and put quotes and, and bids and stuff together, right? So that's a challenge and, and you know, as best as you can balance mm -hmm. and come to some harmony there, that's what, uh, you know, what, what we got to do. Yeah. Some of the tools um, that I think, you know, North Stars around this because it's, it's, it's a challenge and I think there's going to be times in which we're going to involve some of this and we're going to have to deal with, you know, in a way that I think could be innovative yeah. of, and at like regional shared services is, mm. is, is a way in which we can do that, but also asset management yeah. because if you have right now you had five projects in which you were able to fund, and now it's only three in relation to inflation. <coughs> Asset management is your North Star, because then you're ensuring that the yeah, items obvious. that are the most key yeah, yeah. to um, addressing the life cycle mm -hmm. uh, um, is going to at very least help you work within the goalposts you have. Yeah, yeah. But the challenge is if we continue just to do what we need to to try and make things go, that economic side, element side, you know, how do you put in a new playground uh, because you're maxed out on this and that. So, so yeah, it's it's really, like for us at Power, I mean, costs of stuff are yeah. astronomical, yeah. right? Everything is 22 hours on truck to get to us, mm -hmm. and the pot, for whatever reason, it's less, it's more to go to St. John's, but for whatever reason, the price of that material that we pay is similar to what you guys would pay in the main brook or you guys would pay in my pearl, which is yeah. absolutely craziness. Mm -hmm. I would love to have your budget for one year. <laughs> Just one year. Um, Super small town. I mean, we are barely a speck on the map. It comes with its advantages. Uh, like our our scenery is second to none. Sure. Mm. Right. I mean, view with my morning coffee is just simply amazing. That being said, our infrastructure is at end of life. Yeah. Like I was talking to you before mm -hmm. we started. If our pumps go down, our reservoir is empty in four four and a half hours. Yeah. That's thirty thousand gallons of water that we're losing into the ground. Sure. That's, a, that's a lot of water. That's chlorinated water mm -hmm. that we're losing. Mm -hmm. Our pumps can't keep up with that. Pumps are not cheap. Um, special assistance grants have been turned down. Uh, we had two pumps come from, I believe it was China. And you remember that large cargo ship that got stuck in the, in the, yes. in the yes, yeah. Suez Canal? Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, our pumps were on that ship. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah. So, oh my, oh my. so uh, you know, everything is delayed mm. and of cost increases and I'm worried because we've got several kilometers of ductile iron pipes that are at end of life and it sooner rather than later stuff is gonna start rupturing. Yeah. We've got a sewer system that's not complete. I've still got residents that are on septic systems. We've been applying for um, roughly $800,000 worth of project to see if we can get our sewer system complete, been turned down again and again. We were going to reapply this year, but of course with cost increases, you can't submit that same kind of, of cost paperwork or framework because it's just not, it's not accurate. Mm -hmm. And then if you submit $800,000 and that ends up being 1.2, that's yours. That's 400 yeah. grand that my town has to come up with. That's right. We oh, we can't do that. Yeah. And 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 yeah. yeah. And now that we're talking about infrastructure, that was one of my questions. And you know, I think we all face some kind of infrastructure problems, and you know, from water to wastewater to roads, and yeah. and I don't think Pearl could be other things that when you, when you talk about infrastructure. Uh, but you know, I understand where you're coming from. You know, when you're talking about the expense and and what needs to be done in your community, and asset management needs to play a big part of that. To be honest with you, right? Yeah. Uh, what do you find in Mount Pearl? Well, it, and, and I, I have to give complete, you know, uh, shout out to our director of public, uh, you know, uh, planning and development, mm -hmm. planning and engineering, sorry, Jerry Antle, who uh, my first year in council now, one of the first orientations was around asset management and the value of that. And it's seeing beyond yourself, it's seeing beyond your four years and understanding that if you follow suit, you will not only use, you know, ensure that you've got a service that can keep itself, but also 
you're going to save in the longer uh, longer run with an asset yeah. management team. And the decisions from right? a council perspective, Dan. You're not reacting. You're, you're, you're going off a list, so yeah. it's not political involvement. It's not, look, this you're is 45 years same old. Same sort of thing. That's right, exactly. Cost. Yeah. So, we were talking so about COVID, so and we're saying getting the politics out of it, similarly with this. And, so and this one needs that. Right? But I yeah. thought, like, you know, I thought that the new gas tax program, you were going to have to have that done, and, you know, this and that. We, we, we talk a lot. Uh, but, you know, when we go to do it, it's really difficult for a small community like you or even us. Like, we only have one person who would work on that type of program along with everything else that that it person is. has to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's uh, it's hard. It's really hard for a community. I mm -hmm. think that's a good point because one of the things we haven't mentioned is, and, like, you know what, I'd be great, is a lot about sustainability and green tech. Mm -hmm. And that the way forward, and we haven't touched on climate change, and we all have been impacted on climate change in all yep. sorts of ways. But we also look at, it's been an economic driver for us. In, 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 in Mount Pearl, it costs us $21 of a ton uh, to recycle. It costs us $80 to recycle waste, or sorry, to, to, to waste management. Mm -hmm. There's an economic component to that, let alone you are helping the environment. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at, um, most recently, over the past three years, we were we were wasting water, and it cost us significantly. Just going directly into the water, uh, the stream, mm. we 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 spent money on a a, a pretty in, intensive uh, water monitoring system to the point you I we could go outside your house and say your toilet's running, you've got a little leak in there, oh, yeah. and that's where it's going. Must got no choice. So. Mm. That ultimately, some of these items is recognizing when you start looking at uh, green sustainable matters, yeah. that's going to save in the long term. But it needs to be accessible to everybody. Like this needs to be, yes, we, we, we as, a, as an urban uh, center mm -hmm. uh, and with a, you know, with a staff of over 200 and many of them, some of them policy and research people, your staff is my population. <laughs> no, and now, and, and that's the ratio with 23,000 folks. And, you know, but that's not to say that these same opportunities around green energy, and I think that is something that I think we all can come together on, is that the funding and, and if we're seeing the value and if our province and our, and, and our, and our you know, country yeah. wants us to increase electric opportunities, mm -hmm. um, moving to transition, uh, asset management that has green energy that you're not worried about, you know, these things work better, it'll be better for the environment and cost us in the long run, mm -hmm. then it needs to be accessible to everybody. Yeah, I know in our in our community, you know, it's no different from any other. We, we took a stance. Uh, we had a few climate change issues that we dealt with. Uh, we came to the understanding of uh, making sure that we have preventative measures, making sure that we knew what our infrastructure was, what, what the weaknesses are, mm. so that we can take care of that now. It's no different than asset management, because that's what it is. Absolutely. Right? And then you, you look at, okay, you know, when we had an episode with climate change, uh, we we moved it up on the chart. Mm -hmm. We said, okay, this is more major now. We got yep. you know we got to move this past that road, or we got to move that past this lift station, yeah. or, mm -hmm. right? And that's and that's the way we work, and that's the way we got to operate because you got to fix it when you think it's going to break, or, or just before. Well, it breaks. Yeah, you want to be on top of that. You don't exactly. Want to break exactly. Water break at yeah. thirty below, a major water break at thirty below. Isn't that good? In our case, absolutely would be traumatic. It, yeah. Let's be honest, look what just happened down on the Southwest Coast. Absolutely. That was a big wake-up call for everybody. Yeah. When you mm -hmm. saw Channel Port of Basque underwater, mm -hmm. houses missing, missing. Yeah. Wake up, like things are changing. Yeah. Anyone who says that climate change is a hoax is yeah. deluding themselves. Yeah. So good order. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's it's yeah. a thing. That's right. And and that was one of my questions. Uh, one of my topics too was the climate change. And as you all know, in the past past years, and especially this year with tropical storm, with the storms we've been in, you know, Fiona and, and a few more other ones that we had, and the forest fires that we Absolutely. there was a session yeah. about today. You know, are we prepared, or you know, can we be prepared? And I think that's one of the big issues when it comes to our communities. Right. A number of years ago, I participated in when I was on council before. I participated with. Uh, uh, I guess Emergency Canada would have been that. And they had uh, these planning sessions where they looked at major risk uh, factors, like for instance, the dam that's up there 
from Muskrat Falls. Mm -hmm. We looked at other issues. There was a, <clears throat> a huge amount of uh, communities in for that one, uh, but there was an intent that from that would become a risk register, and then you know it would definitely play into you know to make council making decisions in terms mm. of you know do I invest in this and this and this, or is there a need where this is going to break down, or life cycle is you know, or just challenges or concerns about a facility that could create havoc, then that's what you got to do. Um, I think the Premier kind of reiterated today that, uh, you know, we just got to do better in planning. And you got to walk and chew gum. No, because you do. Yep. right now uh, it's about yep. preparing. Absolutely. And, 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 and absolutely <coughs> dealing with what is literally happening in people's yeah. life. We had floods. Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, asset management is going to change. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, everything is addressed, and we're, we're seeing it in an urban, let alone, uh, what what devastation we've seen on coasts mm -hmm. and, and and in all parts of the province. Yeah. But also we need to look at then okay the transition part the larger sustainable not for us but our grandkids our great grandkids. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's developing that infrastructure yeah. for that forty or it used to be a hundred year, you know, uh, situation. Well now maybe it needs to be be out further. But yeah, I mean, we just can't continue to do the same thing the same way because the you know if you do the same thing the same way, yeah. you don't get a different result, yeah. which puts us right here almost every year because it's happening now. Like you can see the storms and coming and coming, and oh, yeah. you know we had two, even the wind. Like the, oh, I, I, I yeah. found in our area, yes. I, I don't know, we're, we're pretty same as everybody yeah. else. Uh, you know, the wind has really picked up. It's really changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, losing your siding, losing your shingles, losing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's yes. that's pretty common now. Right. But it only takes a quick change in pressure Bang. to divert that storm exactly. right into your area. And yep. that's, so we need to be more prepared in terms of building. So, I mean, yes, there's insurance money and all that kinds of stuff. But in terms of, from a community perspective, mm -hmm. getting the expertise to say, sorry, I don't think building in that location would exactly. be ideal. Yeah. We are going to create up here. And, and I mean, yep. that's a hard decision because everybody's yep. in, especially in your, yep. your community where it's a small community, everybody's, yep. that's been their family we, home forever. Right? And we brought that in a few years ago. We got a, a, in our community, there's a little basin. Yep. Uh, where, the, where the fault goes through the community. And, and we have some flooding there sometimes. Uh, so we put in a no construction. Mm -hmm. you, you, yeah. you can't put in basements, you can't yeah. build on yeah. um, Because of that reason. Absolutely. You're in a floodplain and, yeah. and I'm sorry, but yeah. we're, not, we're not allowing it. It's a life and death it thing, is. Yeah. Right? right? It is, it's but a health it's and safety. The, the government needs to help communities with that process. So Agreed. again, the small communities, even in my community of you know, yeah. 8,500 people, we don't have a, the resources, financial mm -hmm. and or human. We have resources that could work with professionals, whether it's companies or government officials or whatever. But I mean, in terms of us, someone you know says, yeah, we need this development, sustainable development plan now that you know that, that protects for 100 years. So, okay, yeah. we're going to sit around the table from a committee perspective. They're going to sit around. Okay, what do we do? So there has to be the money, and there has to be the expertise that comes along with that. The process. expertise is something that would be severely lacking for us. Mm. We would need sure. but partnerships. Would, yes, would with, be a third party. Yeah. With, with the would, government yeah, no question. or yeah. a contractor or somebody to come yeah. in and say, look, yeah. we have the expertise, you have the knowledge of this area. Yeah. yeah. What do we do to make it safe? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What do we do yeah. to plan for the future of your community? Mm -hmm. Like If we yeah. were to have a fire right now in the forests of our area, wouldn't have a hope. I mean, it could if the wind was up, and yeah. we just talked about the wind. It's mm -hmm. not getting any softer. No. Yeah. If the wind was up, blowing the right way, take the whole community. Wouldn't yeah. even slow down. Yeah. I think too, this is going to require regional collaboration. That's right. Yeah. Because you're, you, the trees don't stop at your border. No. Right. No. The river that floods uh, a floodplain yeah. from. Uh, our place, St. Sure. John's, and uh, neighboring communities, yep. Yep. that's going to go where it's going to go. Yep. So that means everybody needs to be on board with yep. climate change. Good luck stopping a river. Exactly, terms, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. It's going to do what it's going to do. Yeah, and in right. terms of how we prioritize it, mm -hmm. risk registers. We do risk registers for occupational health issues. Yes. There should be a risk register that will rate your community here, will rate another community up or down, you know, and that kind of stuff. And yeah. if it doesn't get done, we need to do it over time. Yeah. I mean, we're not mm -hmm. going to fix this all overnight. Yeah. And, ta uh, and, talking, yeah, and talking about getting together and doing stuff together, you know, government uh, seriously or was seriously talking about regionalization. Mm -hmm. I know this is a big thing for rural Newfoundland and Labrador. I know it's an issue for Mount Pearl, St. John's, and that area. Because, but you guys are already doing oh. collaborative things, Absolutely, and, and yeah. no different than what we're doing with probably four or five communities in our area. Yeah. Uh, could it be a little bit better? Of course, it can. Everything yeah. can be better. Uh, but um, what's your thoughts on regionalization? You know, I, I know it's going to take a strong government, 
uh, to bring it forward, uh, and what kind of what's it going to look like when it's done? I think it's one of the big things. Uh, this is where I'm going to get myself in a little bit of trouble, but uh, local service districts, we've all got them, yep. mm -hmm. right? They generally don't want to be involved. They don't want to pay into the taxes. They mm -hmm. don't, you know, they're getting their trash picked up. They're getting the roads plowed. They're getting, you know, pavement when it needs to be done. But they're not paying in all those extra taxes that incorporated municipalities are, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, uh, end of the day, it, it's going to have to be forced. And it's going to be very unpopular. Yeah, yeah. Right? I made a comment last year at the symposium that... Uh, you know, they started the whole thing about regionalization wrong because they uh, they should have come up about uh, uh, instead of it should have been looked at uh, cooperative service arrangements. Because right off the bat, nobody wants to lose their identity as a community. Mm -hmm. And that's when they started it, then it started. Cause we heard it at the conference, oh yeah, no, it's not going to work in my community. But you know, from, from the perspective of, but at the end of the day, the provincial government is the one that can fix this. Yeah. And it has to be a policy. It's not going to mm -hmm. be an easy policy. But he said, you know, the comments today were there's going to be some decisions that we need to make yeah. you know, into betterment and, and moving forward. I, I just, I, I agree 100%. And there needs to be. Yeah. We don't have any up our way. Uh, the nearest community to me is 30 kilometers away. Now, we do have some. We, we work with them from a dump perspective. Sure. And we'll assist them water and sewer if they need to or, you know, fire services if they need to. But it's it's basically on an agreement basis that we have. So we really don't have any other communities up there, right? Very so our dump, we bore the full cost of the dump, you know? So is that a possibility? Is that an option? So from our perspective, regionalization probably won't have a big impact, sure. but it needs to be top-down. Yeah. It needs to be said, we're going to do 50% of the communities by such and such a date, make that hard decision, make the direction from that perspective, and uh, and move. Because, you know, we all got to contribute, and yeah. it's not fair for one community to contribute and have an impact on the uh, infrastructure of another community yeah. Yeah. without participating in... Yeah. You're coming, that costs you're, you're coming to my town, you're using my services. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, know, I know in the neighboring town that we have, Clovertown, mm -hmm. uh, they have an arena. Mm -hmm. We all use it. Yep. Absolutely. Right? But do we pay them? Probably not. Right? right? Mm -hmm. You know? Right. And I think that's the thing that needs to be brought up. I think, mm -hmm. you know, what if, if you're a user. Fees yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. I would say, too, because, you know, when it comes to regionalization, there's... I feel it's more on it's it's more of a conversation. There's a political will for it. Sure. There is absolutely a provincial need for it for all the reasons we've talked about. Mm -hmm. How are we going to prepare for a climate change? How are we going to deal with yeah. inflation? How are we going to deal with ensuring everybody can get to a hospital? Sure. To ensuring that the people for yeah. these times for yeah. fire services. It's it's literally a health social matter. I would say that yes, it, there needs to be a political will and a mandate from our government around it. Yeah. Um, but as we've seen, there's already, it's not a one-fits-all approach. No. Here's a goalpost that they're going to put down yeah. and then make it work for you. Yeah. Because what is going to be shared, how it's going exactly. to be shared, everything from the identity, everything yeah. about even, you yeah. know, that is something that yeah. can be worked on That's as right. a group. I that, that doesn't, doesn't have to have be lost. all or nothing. No. no. If you don't. still improve that no. you're going to share services with your neighbors. Absolutely. And, and you know, we're not losing identity. We're not at that. And that's the, that was the problem, I think, mm. that happened right away with regionalization. Yeah. They got talked into the amalgamation. Yeah. Well, that's where the smart came and, from. Right? And that was, that was, wow, no way. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up in, you know, a community that was seven kilometers from another community. Yeah. And it still, to me, like, oh, gee, so we can't, uh, <laughs> I hope they don't do that. You know, but that's that's yeah. just the identity. So, but do you need to change the name? Yeah. Or is it just a back backyard kind of no. well, working I mean, together? There, there has been, as far as I'm aware, there's been no talk of amalgamating communities. No, no. no. This is yeah. just about providing services yeah, to sure. people, yeah. Yeah. to making sure that but people back, have the services they need. Yeah. Back to your point, Ian, you were saying about community, or, or maybe it was uh, communication around this is oh. going to be the most important. And, and that's where they fell down. You know, and, that's where it fell down. And, you know, and, and that's not to say pick it up now. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. if you drop the sock on the floor, yeah. pick it up. Yeah. yeah. Because Absolutely. it's still an incredible, yeah. important yeah. need. Exactly. There is still a political will. Yeah. I think we've got a. A, a, a department that's the, that understand. wants to take it on and yeah. will take it on. So where they've that's that's an easy one to put book on, put, yeah. I think, to put on the yeah. tracks. And maybe that's feedback and, that needs to go back. And yeah, and like right? you, and like Nicole said earlier, I mean, you know, is not, is not a one fits all. No. Uh, oh God, no. What I need in my community, and I, I see that region working, is pretty different. Probably what 
on the Northern Peninsula sees, pretty mm. different probably what Andy Avalon sees or needs. Yeah. And that's how we got to that's how we got to approach it. And that's what you know, it's got to come from there. Right? And and like I say, the identity thing, because that's where it'll go. That's not what this is about. No. This is about maximizing the assets that they can and your capability. Because at yeah. the end of the day, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. If that doesn't happen mm -hmm. between inflation and all the other costs. We're going to lose some communities exactly. because the people yes. that are there cannot afford no. to run the community. The right. alternative is that. Absolutely. Death, yeah. right? Absolutely. You're talking about incorporated communities dissolving, yeah. right? Becoming unincorporated areas or local service districts yeah. directly answerable to the provincial government. Yeah. And I know for our town, Mainbrook's been incorporated for 73 years. Mm. My great-grandparents on my mother's side were the first people to settle that community. Mm. I've got skin in the game here. Yeah. Right, that's a vested interest. I want to keep that town alive. Absolutely, yeah. but we right. don't need to go to amalgamation conversation. Oh God, no! no. God, no! So no, I, no, I think no. we should massage that. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. The people at our table, our, our us as counselors, yeah. like engage. If we're engaged in this, like that's the other thing is trusting to recognize that we 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 love our our community. We pr are pride in our community. If we're the ones that are leading that and allowing to give. The here, here, boys. Mm -hmm. Do what you do. This is a mandate. This is what some form or shape it has to mm -hmm. look like. This we have to look at shared services. We have yeah. to look at additional costs. Sure. Yeah. But it's yours to determine as as the front line people. Exactly. And I think communities that's will win. that's the way yeah. to be. I, I think communities will win. No yeah, oh, we got to win. Yeah. One of yeah. the biggest problems that we have, or obstacles, shall we say, is just sheer geographical area. Mm. Right? We've got, what, half a million people mm -hmm. on the island? Mm -hmm. It's a very large island. Plus, you got the big land, right? Labrador is there, and I mean, spread out all over the coast of Labrador and through the interior, mm. yep. right? So you've got Nova Scotia, a million people, and you can pretty well stick them on the northern peninsula, mm -hmm. yeah. right, for landmass area. So what works for Nova Scotia, and bless our cousins in Nova Scotia, but what works for them will not work for us. Oh. We if, are just if you look too at spread for out. Instance, there's three communities up on the Northern Peninsula that have water issues. Well, can't that be collaborative to get yeah. somebody to come up? Everybody drives, and if it takes a day or two extra longer to deal with those three communities, yeah. the cost is born. It's not paying someone to go to this guy, go home, someone to go this way, go home, someone to go to there, oh, he's got to come back. Agreed. So, like I say, so, and the other side is, I, I, especially in services, I would ask the community, you know, do you want a tennis court for just, you know, just whatever. And if you do, we're going to share that tennis court with, yeah. or fire department or anything, it doesn't matter. We're going to share that with Community X, right? Or we're going to put it in a place where it's shared. It's going to cost us one third. The other group is going to pay mm -hmm. one third and the government's going to keep one third. Like that kind of thinking, I think that, yeah. I think that uh, is good. I just, it's not amalgamation. No. Oh. One thing that maybe needs to be looked at is Every region of Newfoundland, be it the Avalon or Buren or the Northern Peninsula, wherever, has regional service boards, mm. right? MMSB covers us all. Up our way, it's the uh, Norpen, Norpen Waste Management and Service. Mm -hmm. uh, they provide fire services for the Straits, uh, plus uh, waste management. And they need to be involved in the conversation because mm. they're already providing services. They are, they're already providing services it may be a really good idea to bring them to the table and say, look, this is what we're doing. This is what needs to be done. How do we make it work? Does mm. the model work now? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so you yeah. need to have okay. it community-driven, yeah. and it needs to be what exactly. the communities want. Yep. Yeah. And that's where it comes down to. Then you've got you to pick and choose, and okay, yeah. well, yeah, well, that's okay. We can't get it, you know, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We can get it at 9 o'clock in the morning. That, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if it doesn't work, we can increase and do whatever yeah. we need, but it got to be in the best but interest. Let's not forget community. now, we're, we, we, along with PEI, are the only ones in Canada yeah. that do not have regionalization or yeah. some form of regionalization. Yeah. yeah. We can understand PEI. They're smaller. They're, yeah. you know, they, 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 they're pretty region anyway. They, uh, they are very small. They're very small, you know what I mean? They are. Uh, now, do we take examples from Alberta? Do we take them from, you know, uh, BC or Ontario or other provinces and mix them in and see what we, we can come up with? But like we said earlier, we got to look at it from our point of view mm -hmm. and yeah. our region point of view. Absolutely. Because if we don't, it's not going to work. Because if we're going to fit into the Avalon or the Northern Plantsta, and just have one type of regionalization, it's work. not going to work. It would no. fail. Well, no. we seem to see but we yeah. want it to work. Yeah. yeah. But, right. the, but the other thing is, like I say, it needs to be a community conversation. Yeah. And there are some things that might not be make sense to do. No. Right? Like, it just may not make sense from a 
regionalization or cost perspective yeah. or whatever to do that. So, okay, you move on to the next yeah. issue. But it has to be community-driven. Yeah. I, I got one more topic yeah. before we go. <laughs> before yeah. we do. Sure. Um, we had a meeting with a Minister of Municipal Affairs and Municipal and Provincial Affairs a while back, and they had a discussion about how long regionalization, how many times it's been proposed over the years. Yeah. yeah. That's a dozen times yeah. or more that it's been looked at and studied and mm -hmm. yeah. since the 70s, yeah. even earlier than that, I believe. I was a councillor well, 20 years ago in my town. It was talked about then. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it in Cornerbrook, what, oh, yes. a year ago? Yeah. We talked about it yeah. before that. All we're doing is talking. If yeah. somebody was to make the policy to say, listen, somebody needs to drop it on the pen and say, this is what is happening. Yeah. Put the process in, include municipalities, include Labrador, include yeah. communities. I, I can't, I, yeah, I came I to council it. 30 years ago. Uh, my first meeting, I think there was water, wastewater, roads. Mm. I can go and show you the minutes <laughs> of my last meeting probably, and it's water, wastewater, and roads. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And same thing with regionalization, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but it's not going to be done until somebody takes the initiative to mm. say, this is what's needed, and this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Right? And if we don't, it's not going to And communicate it right there. Exactly. It is not yeah. amalgamation. Yeah. Uh, care bus. I know this is a big one. Me, I don't want to linger on, but oh no, uh, no this, this you know, is right now. Can we solve healthcare? Can yes, we, we, as municipalities, solve? Can we do something, or can we make government understand? We uh, play is a there role. solutions? We what role do we play? We need to play a role, and we got to see ourselves in healthcare. Yeah. Because when we talk about issues of lack of um, doctors, mm -hmm. uh, LPNs, nurses, uh, that, and you know, I'm just thinking, I'm just reflecting on Premier Fury's comments about the idea of attracting not only uh, Newfoundland Labradorians that are literally just graduating now, mm. but looking at it in international competitors. Yeah. All such municipalities can be a home, yeah. we can be a place, we could be the living place for these individuals to make a home, yeah. a residence, and, and ensure that we've got healthcare providers in our community. That's mm. huge. To me, population attraction and retention, yeah. at yeah. the very least, yeah. that's a big part yeah. of our it is. I like the know, thought today work. in terms of going to that particular location in India. In my community, we've had young folks from the Philippines who have uh, you know, nurses in, in the Philippines, but because of issues with the College of you know, Nurses or whatever, uh, trying to get their credential checks and yeah. that kind of stuff, they left and went to Toronto. And now she's working in a Toronto hospital. Yeah. So, you know, from my perspective, we have such huge challenges in terms of mental health, mm -hmm. uh, in terms yeah. of addiction. Yeah. We just built a six-unit uh, place up there that went onto our hospital, and uh, on Monday we are going to uh, uh, write a letter to the health corporation and uh, ask or strongly ask that that be opened mm -hmm. as quick as possible mm -hmm. and or tell us why not. Yeah. I have uh, personal uh, uh, involvement with, uh, with a case that um, there was someone brought to the ER and, uh, you know, in a very bad way, mm -hmm. uh, the doctor told me that because you live in Labrador, there's nothing I can do. Mm -hmm. you, I can't refer you to anybody, so this is no psychiatrist, no um, whatever. I asked my, the, the person to leave. Mm -hmm. um, I had a very frank conversation with the doctor. I said, you know, you're telling me uh, as a person that this younger person can't get help, mm -hmm. but uh, at the same time, I'm the mayor. So you just told the wrong person. So yeah. I immediately engaged. I waited six months to get an answer back from particular government members, sure. ministers. Um, we're, we're just in a very difficult state. Uh, mm. I personally spent four nights in hospital three weeks ago and uh, had an absolutely lovely uh, young lady who took care of me, my class top match. Uh, but the stories that we, we shared uh, are scary. Um, so I remain optimistic that these collaborative teams will work, mm. but from a realistic perspective, if we can't fix our current model, how do we engage and make a collaborative approach successful? There's so many, right? so many points I want to pick here. Well, mm. pick them. So it's frustrating for our community, is, yeah. and uh, because we have so many, you know, people that need service, and every time, you know, I don't know how many coal plates I've sold, or uh, how many, uh, you know, uh, fundraisers I've done to yeah. help people to get to. Uh, St. John's for healthcare, you know, for heart appointments, yeah. for this and for that. Uh, it's really frustrating. It is. And, uh, you know, uh, we continue to try to battle, but yeah. it's like falling on deaf ears. Yeah. As a member of the community, you see so many different things. Uh, in my own experiences, you see it. First thing we need to do is challenge some of the way things are being run mm. right now. Mm. You've got. It, it seems like there's more St. Anthony Hospital, for example, Curtis Memorial Hospital. There are more offices 
than there are beds. You tell me why. Mm-hmm. Used to have full, four fully functioning wings for medical needs there, plus the operating suite, so on and so forth. This last somebody tried closing the ICU. Right? Mm-hmm. There's no other ICU on the Northern Peninsula. No. Everywhere. No, like, they were planning on closing. Yeah. They were planning on closing, or the recommendation of that green report was to close the operating room. Mm-hmm. Turn that into a clinic only. Right? And there's so many reasons why you don't do that. There's no, there's no other real full medical center north of Cornerbrook. So you get somebody with a stroke, you've got a very limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm no doctor, but I've spoken to them. I'm no nurse, but I've spoken to them. You've got a very limited time to get these people the diagnostics and the help that they need to give them the right medication, like that clot buster drug. That's yeah. where I was. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's where I was yeah. a month ago. Yeah. And that's exactly where you were. Yeah. Right. And why are we living in 2022 in a, in a province where it depends on where you live. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you potentially have a better life yeah. or a better chance of living. That is, and I, I, and this is where I, as an urban municipality, I do not see it, the, the isolation aspect, the geography is not necessarily a challenge, but the increase mm-hmm. since COVID yeah. of mental health, That's it's right. a no crisis. Yeah. Um, as a population like what we're talking about at the council right now, loneliness mm. for our seniors, yeah. mm-hmm. those that have literally not come back to the programs and services, that you know, literally checking on neighbors—it's—it's in—it's—it's—it's it's, yeah. it's unreal. Yeah. So not only are we uh, right now, and I agree, there are such fundamental shifts that need to happen, and I mean, I'm I'm hopeful with Pat Parfrey, and. It, um, that, like, Sister Davis, yeah. and Sister Davis, like, if we if we truly look at the social determinants of health and let that run that, and again, move outside of <coughs> the politics and move into what we need as like, yeah, I think we do need to reinvent it. How medicine, I think, healthcare systems worked in the past is not going to work here, and they never worked at certain places. Like, I absolutely don't. Like, I've, I'm. The, the isolation, the crisis matters that are happening, mm-hmm. it's an inequality yeah. that needs to be addressed. Well, I'll just share with you, I won't mention names or anything. This nope. is an email that our note I got from a, a, a lady that uh, on Wednesday evening. I'll just read. Her aunt, question mark, got a call. Says she has to go to St. John's on Monday for surgery next week due to a prolapse bowel, a surgery that was supposed to be scheduled in June but got canceled due to COVID. She's exhausted all resources due to medical travel. She always ha- she already has to go out. She's on a fixed income in a wheelchair. I mean, mm. I get that probably once a month. Yeah. You know, and I try to steer them in, uh, in directions. But, I mean, at the end of the day, our community is excellent. Mm. But, uh, you know, there, there should be. So what needs to happen is there's an MTAP or medical travel plan. Yeah. And folks can get some of their ticket. Like, they can think they can get their ticket. But the other expenses of going out and that kinds of stuff. I mean, listen. You'll get someone here who's on, you know, uh, on social services uh, or social assistance. They don't have the money. She doesn't have the money to go. So when you're out there, she's got to bring someone, et cetera. So what do you do as a community? And if she was lucky enough to get that money from someone, it's going to take her five or six weeks when she comes home to fill out the paperwork and try to get the money back. Mm. And then she's got to wait to get the check issued. So it's it's really frustrating when when I hear and I I heard in our conference that a gentleman said, I had to... uh, my ER closed. I had to go 50 minutes to St. John's with mm. somebody. Yeah. And I'm like, I just had to walk away. Yeah. I met you. you know, I just, yeah. I really did. And I understand, I know where the place is and that I, you know, but uh, when people get really upset about that, mm-hmm. uh, for me, it's two grand just for the airfare on short mm-hmm. notice. Mm-hmm. If you can get on the flights, then you got to worry about the accommodations and things yeah. along that line. Right? So you it's, tell it's, me it's really hard. You've got a fairly new facility in Goose Bay, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's several years old. Boise Bay helped contribute. Uh, to the facility, but it is is wonderful. I mean, you tell me why, with you being a regional hub, and you are a regional hub, mm-hmm. right? You're the gateway to the north and, and the west. Yes, everywhere it comes. Right? And coming back yeah. south, even yeah. into the Quebec North Shore. Well, coming back as far as uh, from Black Tickle South, or Black Tickle North, I think, will come to our way, ending Black Tickle South, which is about halfway down. Yeah. They'll go to St. Anthony. Comes to St. Anthony. Yeah. So, you tell me why you don't have a full operating suite, why you don't have specialists, why you don't have all the diagnostic gear. There's no reason why in today's day and age Goose Bay shouldn't have a full suite. We don't, we don't have a full, uh, we do at times, but we haven't got sometimes the right people to conduct a medivac to get someone out 
mm. to St. John's and to, to that. Yeah. The thing is, if you, had the, if you had the right staff, if you had the right equipment, if you yeah. had the right facility, yeah. I, you wouldn't have to medevac people. I, I know, I know. I understand that, uh, you know, human resources is, is affected by every single industry in that now. Like, and, sure. and we understand that. Sure. But there needs to be priority. Yes. And, uh, you know, to, uh, to tell a, a parent uh, that, uh, you know, there is no services mm. for, for the child, that was... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's very frustrating, and it put me in a real bad spot. We're talking about a provincially and federally uh, uh, service that's a rate, and and that that's ours. Yeah. And as a municipal, like I think we talked about, our role is advocates. Yeah. Our role oh my has God, to yes. be advocates. Yeah. Yeah. and it's becoming it, you know, more and more. More that and role. more. Well, where, where, where's your residents going to turn to? I mean, Absolutely. we are there. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's who they turn to because yeah. we're there yeah. and we listen. Well, I mean. You know, every time someone's impacted, like I said, over the last several months with issues that we have going in my community, mm. my phone starts at 7.30 yeah. in the morning and it goes right through. And I try to get back to every single person sure. and that kind of deal, but it's all relatively related to the same issues. Absolutely. So we're trying to get the message through, but the, the government message that yeah. we get back is a political kind of message as opposed to a realistic That's message. Right. Like, I, you know, in listening to the RCMP, I know there's char staffing charges, mm. but you, you know, you just made a comment that priority is going to be given to areas. Mm. Well, yeah. Of course, Ontario and Quebec and Well, no, West. no, but I mean, even in the province. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I hold my hand up and I say, like, priority? i got 80 people that are running around my community that are doing some stuff that's not really great. Uh, I don't see any other place in the province where kids have to, uh, have, to have a security company to walk from the school to Tim Hortons. That's sketchy. Uh, yeah. It's so, really hard it's to, it's a challenge because we are talking, because we are drowning in... The crisis of as it is unfolding. Sure. So you're dealing yeah. with literally. I'm I'm at the emergency with this person who's told me I got nothing, and there's also the conversation of, well, what can your community create um, to <clears throat> move away from people being sick? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What could increase people's mental health and wellness yeah. in the community Absolutely. before they're at an emergency room? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Engagement. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's the other part of healthcare that it is. can get lost because if you're inundated with literally the crisis of the matter, and I think that's another conversation yep. is our role is is also what can be a community care around that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, knowing that the more we increase in a good park. The more we have um, services and supports that can sure. have a mental health lens, yeah. that we uh, we acknowledge those sort of things, can again it, it's it's looking at the long term, while people right now need your Trouble. attention immediate. Mm -hmm. It's it, that's a yeah. challenge, yeah. Um, but also it's something we need to talk about is well, like is. our role as in creating that community of yeah. care, right, and well, and sure. recognizing the connection between. Yeah. Yes. Moving from a health care where it is, and I tell you, prevention is the key. It is. Prevention is yeah. a, a, the amount of cost you yeah. will cost by looking at prevention, mm -hmm. getting access to healthy food, mm -hmm. food security. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay, that's right? another conversation. Look, that's how you, you, want, you want to I talk know. about when stuff... Oh, let's get to that in a second, <laughs> please, because this is one on, on food. I, I, got, yeah. I got like three more minutes. Okay. okay. So sorry, folks. First sorry. off... I want to put a face to healthcare. Yeah. This is my daughter, okay? We're back and forth to St. John's twice, sometimes three times a year for cardiac issues. That means driving 1,100 kilometers each way because you can't fly it. The price to fly? Mm -hmm. A thousand bucks each way. Yeah. yeah. Right? You're lucky. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a rough number. Mm -hmm. It goes yeah. up and down. Yeah. And then you got your lodgings and you got, you know, simple stuff like parking and food yeah. and all yeah. the expenses yeah. that Absolutely. go along with it. Yeah. yeah. Right, and then of course you know there's the stresses. It's your your kid, right? Or if it's your grandparent, mm -hmm. or your yes. parent, or your brother, or your sister, or whatever. Yeah. Right. This is the stuff that matters to all of us. Yeah. Right. Now, having said that, food security. When it comes into St. John's Mill Pearl, still fairly fresh. I I have no idea what you're dealing with mm -hmm. in Goose Bay for we, food. We are actually not bad at all. We, really? are, we are hit because the, the truck from Montreal to us is 21 hours. Day, mm. night, storm, no star. Mm. Oh, well, you're doing fine. By the time the truck gets to us up on the Northern Peninsula, I mean, mm. St. Anthony is our nearest hub, our regional hub. By the time 
your fresh fruit gets there, yeah. it's half rotten. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Your berries, your strawberries, your raspberry, blueberry, whatever. It's, I mean, so it's half rotten. You're food instead. Yeah. Right? It's Not frozen. Fresh. It's, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure frozen fruit is great, but you want that fresh, fresh peach. stuff. Yeah. You want those cherries. You want, you know, when you can get stuff in season. Mm. But when it comes in on the truck, honestly, it's it's half rotten. Yeah. yeah. Food First NL has been doing incredible yeah. work yeah. with municipalities. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just I I, and I recently had a conversation with mm-hmm. Food First yeah. in one of my podcasts, and, and I must say it was really really good. Uh, you know, I, I, I and I tell you just to go on and just listen to the conversation mm-hmm. yeah. and what they're doing and, and the good stuff they're doing uh, for uh, the province and 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 the other just. Absolutely. Going right yeah. through the province, right? Yeah. Yeah. No choice. And I think of that, Ian, because, like, again, there's some projects they've worked with Nain. They've worked with pretty isolated areas, uh, mm-hmm. Rank Counter, on Buren, uh, Peninsula. And one of the things it is is working with where you have, like, to create food security as in, well, what's on the land? What can we create here? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, of course, grow their own vegetables. Yep. That's what yeah. we talked about community gardens. Yeah. We talked about, yeah. you know, what do you have to offer in your own community yeah. when it yeah. comes to sustainability, yeah. you know? And that's one thing Mainbrook did, we did as a council a couple of years ago, is we developed and built our own community garden for people mm-hmm. to use. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? And we put so it in a box. For when people use it, okay. we're not getting a lot of engagement with it. Okay. A lot of the people who are able to do their own gardens, they do it. Okay. still have their own else. gardens. Yeah. yeah, Right? And a lot of people are just, yeah. like we discussed, sure. 80% of my population is above the age of 70. Yeah. 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 Doesn't give us a lot of younger, no. robust people right. for gardening. Yeah. We've got over 60, I believe, uh, different projects throughout Mill Pearl. And community gardens have provided itself an important part of mental wellness around COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, food security for sure. Mm-hmm. Even just community togetherness people's talking about what they're doing what are they doing over here here's some of mine i got extra i'm not gonna need all these potatoes that that's something that's important well the town of bay roberts talked about yesterday yeah you know they they donated that to helping ends yeah uh you know which is great you know and and that's where it starts it starts at grassroots it starts you know one thing i'm excited about sorry no go ahead one thing i'm kind of excited about is to see that um Natural resources is, is starting to allow moose to be donated yeah. to food banks. It is, yeah. and that's that's going to be innovation. so yeah. so yeah. helpful for people well, with oh, food yeah. security issues because people yeah. don't get meat. No, no. Right? there's nothing more healthier than meat. There's no, nothing more healthier than meat. No. You're going to get yourself in trouble there. Yeah. I know, but, you know, you know. I always go. I like. I always. Yeah. And I always talk about two people sometimes about you know the Canada's food guide. Right. Yeah. If you look at Canada's food guide. Mm. Everything that's in that guide that you're supposed to eat or that you should eat mm. is probably the most expensive thing that we can buy at Absolutely. a grocery store. Absolutely. So if you go to the right? grocery store, any grocery store, and I used to be involved with a, a store by way for many years, mm-hmm. yeah, when you when you do that looking for healthy, yeah, it's really difficult. It is. You could buy apple juice for a buck ninety nine, mm. you know yeah. that kind of stuff. And and but when you go to the outside balls, yeah. the price kind of absolutely it goes up right yes. yep. and the but average person can't afford a lot of that so. but anyway we got to close it yes. off uh, i really appreciate it uh you know i think uh thank you three for coming down and sitting down with me uh during the uh, during the conference and i know the conference is going pretty good i have always said that especially when i was you know on on the association and the president association is what i've always found uh over my years of coming here is networking is the best. Mm. Absolutely. And, and getting to talk to other communities yep. and other community leaders, that's where you get yep. educated, that's where you learn stuff to, and that's what I promote every time I go somewhere, is to make sure that you attach yourself to other yep. you know, other people that sign other communities, uh, because you learn stuff, and that's where you learn it to. Amazing good ideas. It's amazing. Do you need so to reinvent the wheel? Yeah. No. Right? I gotta say, when I first started this racket four years ago, <laughs> Um, but you really love it. I do. I, no, <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I do. It's, this is yeah. such interesting work. Most days. Most days. <laughs> but when I came to my first convention, I think it was here yeah. mm-hmm. in Gander, you're one of the first people that introduced yourself to me, Nicole. Yeah. And, I mean, there were shenanigans, but... <laughs> I mean, you helped introduce me around to yeah. all the different people. You know, there was yeah. uh, Trina and Tina and Absolutely. Isabel and so many others. Um, and it it really made things a it lot is. easier to yeah. ease into the to you're the community. Yeah, it is a community, and I think that's a, yeah. an important part. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Very different yeah. places, very different issues, but 
together, there's something to be said about that. Yeah. And even the reality check of, geez, I gotta reach out to that. Yeah. Like, he might know something about that. When or, you're sitting in the sessions, you may take one or two items that end up being hugely, you know, beneficial to the communities. You know, some information may help you, but when you sit down and talk to people after over a coffee or something, yeah. hey, have you guys ever done, yeah, we did this, you know, so then That's managers right. get into contact and that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. yeah. That's right so, there. so anyway, thank you guys. Appreciate Great. it, sir. I thank appreciate you. you guys coming in. Yep. So Thanks have a good uh, next day and a half or so. What's left of her? And yeah. uh, safe travels back to your, uh, to your own communities. Likewise. Okay. Thanks, thank guys. You. And that was the Municipal Circle. I would like to thank Mayor George Andrews from the town of Happy Valley Goose Bay, Mayor Ian Brenton from the town of Main Brook, and Deputy Mayor Nicole Kiley from the city of Mount Pearl. I'd like to thank them for taking the time and chatting with me in our very first Municipal Circle. That was held during the 2022 Municipalities Newfoundland and Labrador Conference in Gander last week. I would also like to take this time to thank everyone at MNL for supporting this idea that I had. For more information, please reach out to MNL and those who took part in the Municipal Circle. So, for the Chambers, I'm your host, Tony Keats. Thanks for listening, and until we chat again, have a great one.